0: Gonnavarro weaving his way through, and it's in! Cincinnati football by the Chicago fire. Fire, fire, fire! A man on fire! All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into episode number seventy-six of the Intercontinental Football Show, which, of course, is brought to you by our friends over at Revolution Brewing, not only the creators of Hazy Pitch, every Chicago Fire fans. First choice at a fire game, but also one of the hottest drinks, beverages, beers of the Chicago summer. Freedom Lemonade has a shandy taste, but an actual beer with that lemony zesty kick. It is absolutely sensational, available everywhere in Chicago. Go get it if you have the opportunity. I am joined by none other than Arlo White and Emmett McConnell. Arlo is fresh off of another Cubs game in which he saw a proper pitcher's duel. And I'll (laughs) toss it over to you, Arlo, because you got to see uh, a legend probably for the last time, Um, you know, terrorize the cubs for maybe one of the last times uh albert pujos launching a home run in that one no win for the cardinals over yeah, the it, cubs lit- Bears.
1: it literally was one nil i mean it was it was the, like a classic close football match I think it took two hours for the first run to be to be scored but watching Pujols was was incredible because you know he's 42 years old he's gonna he's gonna retire at the end of the season he's on 692 career home runs is he gonna get to 700 um that's the big question and we are fast approaching September but anyway I thought I'll just take the phone out and I'll, I'll just get a video of, of a, an at-bat well not an at-bat but a single pitch and you know maybe he'll do something with his pitch anyway the, the pitcher hurls it and, and Albert takes this huge swing and completely misses the ball and it's a strike and I put the phone down So what happens on the exact next pitch? (laughs) He launches it over left field. I think it went into the street. And it was like a high fastball as well. And and just watching him and the mechanics from the side, um, just seeing how he kind of almost muscled the ball um, over over the fence. it, it It was incredible. It was a great moment. And I missed it by one pitch. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but the game was done and dusted in like two hours, 15 or something. It was a classic pitchers duel. Uh, the Cubs were one hit, which wasn't great, um, but it was another great night at the ballpark. And, and to, to be able to see, albeit, you know, obviously the Cubbies losing was, was bad, but to be able to see Albert Pujols do that in person was mm. was pretty special.
0: Yeah, not a not a great weekend for Chicago sports. The Cubby Bears lose, the White Sox lost yesterday. And then, of course, the Chicago Fire fall by a score of 2-0 to, to NYCFC, the reigning champs at Sea Keek Stadium. and. Arlo and what we can honestly all call uh, probably the most disappointing performance of the season, not only because of the way that the game unfolded and sort of the lack of energy. um, And, you know, I hate to use the phrase not showing up, but that kind of was how it felt, Um, but more so because it was in such a big spot. And, you know, going into that game, you only had nine games left. Um, You needed to get 15, 16 points out of those out of those nine games, whatever it was. And now you're putting yourself in a position where you have eight games, 16 points. You're thinking two points per game. That's a that's a difficult task, particularly with you know a lot of road games coming up against teams who are also fighting for playoff positions. But we'll get into the to the minutiae now of, of Sunday. Um, and I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on Enorlo because we heard from the likes of Jordan Shakiri, Rafael Shihos, and of course, Ezra Hendrickson after the game, and all of them basically agreeing and being on the same page saying... It just wasn't good enough today. Um, and, you know, by all accounts, Ezra, let the boys have it after the game. And and rightfully so, um, because I think that, you know, going into that game, you know, you're coming off Philly and Ezra saying it was going to be a one off and you were hoping that that was going to be the case. and It was a good mm-hmm. time to play NYCFC. And I almost think that this was a bit of a trap game. Um, But you usually only reserve that for a team who, you know, is maybe towards the bottom of the table, like LAFC losing to San Jose Earthquakes. That's a trap game going on the road against the Earthquakes and LAFC having probably the best roster in Major League Soccer. Um, Portland playing against Sporting Kansas City, who have been awful this year and getting drilled 4-1. That's a trap game. But you always needed to be prepared for NYCFC, the reigning champs. And it just didn't seem like the guys uh, were ready to go on the day.
1: Uh, I was genuinely surprised. Um, I, I I don't think in, in in a situation where you've got uh, the reigning champions coming in, and you know that they are hurting. They're, they're on a three-game losing run. They've conceded three goals in all three defeats. They're, they're four without a win, and I know they did that last year as well. You know, for a certain span of time towards the end of the season, before picking it up late on and then going into the playoffs and going on a run and winning MLS Cup. But they are a deep squad, and I don't think the fire necessarily took it for granted, but It's inexplicable to me at this stage of the season with the form that the lads have shown over the last, you know, uh, six, seven weeks. If you save the Philly game, and the Philly game wasn't, I don't think it was a 4 1 game no it, no, no no late it on was... chasing an equalizer you know chick chasing chasing the game a little bit you get opened up i understand that and and the Eastern conference leaders and one of the best teams in major league soccer sort of took the fire apart late on but so it surprised me that that the fire came out with with such a lack of intensity because we have seen really fast starts of late Tyler, haven't we even the columbus defeat mm-hmm. which was at the time it seemed almost terminal in terms of the, the playoff hopes even the first half there was absolutely brilliant the first half against Seattle fantastic the first half against Toronto brilliant the first half at Charlotte first half at Vancouver really really good and to come out as flat as that now I have to say fair play to Nick Cushing and, and NYCFC they're, they're game plan was was excellent. They cut off the passing passing lanes. They didn't allow the fire to pass through them as we have been passing through teams of late. And we had to resort to long diagonal balls and and you know trying to trying to get casper Shabilko into the game. But with New York dropping as deep as they were and being as organized as, as they were, um it was tough. It was a tough day. But the lack of intensity did surprise me. And I'm not surprised to hear that Ezra gave it to them after the game. And I expect a response against Montreal at the weekend because we are now getting into classic, Tyler. We're getting into must win territory.
0: Yeah, I mean, it puts the guys in a really tough spot. And when you came into this three game stint, Arlo, you always knew that Philly was going to be the toughest, right? You're going to a place yeah. where no team in Major League Soccer has won this year in Zubaru Park against a side that you knew was going to come after you. Okay, fine. You know, it, it, you thought it was going to be a one off. Then you're going up against NYCFC. And while they have been hurting as of late, okay, you're playing them at home. They played midweek. You thought they were going to be able to get something out of the game. Mm. Now Montreal at home, we're nearing must-win territory because you figure that the Fire not going to rattle off three or four wins on the road when they're going to places like New England, which is an incredibly difficult surface to play on, at CQL yeah. Cincinnati fighting for a playoff spot, at Columbus Fighting for a playoff spot, like those are going to be incredibly challenging road games. Where if you got one point, you'd be thrilled. Now with these remaining home games, which there are three of them, you're you're putting yourself in a really really tough spot. One of them being on decision day against New England. Hmm. So this Montreal, I've got to
1: take nine points from the three home games, Tyler. It's it's almost non negotiable, isn't it?
0: Yeah, if you're thinking that you need 16 points out of eight games, um, sure. yeah, you're you're nearing that. And then, listen, you're going up against the Charlatan that you've already proven that you can beat on the road, so you should be able to take care of that. And then you're playing at home against the New England side that both both teams hopefully are going to be fighting for three points on the last day. And then you know this is one of your last opportunities to show out at home um, at at Soldier Field. So this is it's gotten to that point. And listen, every team. In this league is due for a true stinker at some point. I mean, even mm-hmm. LAFC, and I already talked about it. Yeah. The, the problem with the fire is, is that when you go 10, 10 winless, you know, before the international break, um, it you you don't really give yourself the opportunity to have a stinker, particularly in in at this point in the season. This
1: yeah, and there's juncture. no there's no wriggle room, is there? And look, when we when you assess the goals and you assess the performance. There was a there was a, a worldie by Pereira right um, yeah. from the edge of the area into the top corner. Selinina had no chance, but the warning signs for a for a move like that were there. If we watch the game film from the Charlotte uh, defeat, home defeat during the week for NYCFC, the the centre back Chano scored off a corner. Um, long range into the top corner. I mean, it was a, it was a glorious strike, and the same thing happened again. And he, and he was allowed Pereira to kind of wander into space on the edge of the area, and then wasn't closed down. He still had a lot of work to do, and he did it, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. So fair play to him. It was a terrific goal, but it was preventable. And then when you when you read the probably read the riot act at halftime, as Ezra probably did, and you come out, and then unfortunately for for Rafa Sheehos, who's been just terrific this season gets caught in possession you could argue it was a foul and then Santi Rodriguez has all the time in the world to plant the ball in the back of the net then all everything that was said at half time is almost out of the window but like tony made the point you know the, the same the same message counts because you've now got to claw two goals back instead of one but both goals were massively preventable and that was part of the frustration of the day and you know the five did create opportunities didn't take them I didn't really feel that Sean Johnson was particularly tested
0: no throughout no. the game
1: there was some lovely play down the left-hand side Miggy Navarro got into some really good positions Chris Mueller hasn't had a tough day but will always give you everything Jairo Torres was peripheral Jordan Shakiri was kind of drifting around trying to find the ball occasionally doing something Something good, but it just didn't click, and 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 the whole it just felt like they weren't at it on Sunday. No. And the NYCFC the- took their chances, took scored a couple of goals that were preventable, and were very very good in seeing the game out.
0: And even though the game was either at one nil or two nil for the majority, which is nothing in this league, I mean, no. how many times the have we seen the league? The
1: crossbar, Tyler, if that goes in, you've got five minutes to get an equalizer, right? Of course. And that looked of like course. it was going in from where we were from the booth.
0: Yeah. But it never, but but despite the fact that the game was always within reach, it never felt like it actually was, which, which is a yeah. really dangerous prospect for a football team when even though the game is there, you don't actually feel or believe that you're going to score that you're competitive in yeah. the game. Like I there was an air of inevitability wasn't yes. There, and and I've, but, but the one positive thing I will say is that every single guy on the team, I think recognized it and it was incredibly frustrating. And you saw all those emotions come to the surface. Um, Like Chris Mueller, I have not seen him like that um mm-hmm. since he's joined the fire. I mean, he was irate and not because of anything anybody else was doing, not because of, you know, the scoreline, but simply because, I think that he knew um how important that game was and that every the whole collective I don't think that there's any one person you can point out and blame I think everybody came out and just didn't have their best on the night um and and there were moments that the coaching staff just sort of put their hands up and they're just like the, the you know they sort of lost the plot for for 90 minutes almost um and 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 I I know that that sounds a little counterintuitive I'm saying that that's a good thing but it, it, it just it shows me and we've seen iterations of this team in the past where you have that kind of performance and it just sort of mm. falls off the shoulders of guys. Whereas this one, I think, really hit home. And, and, and like you said on the broadcast and you proposed the, the question to Tony, now every game is basically a cup final. And we've seen and, you know, we've seen this team time and time again with their backs against the wall, come up with big results to keep themselves in the mix. Now can you do it for basically eight games, which is a really difficult yes. proposition. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, now you you just have to be a goldfish and just forget about it. You know, the Columbus game, we talked about being a goldfish when they headed into the Toronto game, especially up 2-0 at halftime. It was sort of, you know, the same feel and the same sort of scenario. Mm-hmm. Now you really just need to put Philly, put NYCFC specifically behind you and crack on and see if you can go up against this Montreal side, which I'm, I still am not, totally convinced by them like like they seem that you know they seem like posers because you look up and down that roster and you're like why are they in second place right now that doesn't really totally make sense and a big Part of that has been Georgie Mihailovic. Um, and that's why he's getting calls from from the from the Dutch First Division, because he has been that good as of late. Um, and a lot of fire fans are gonna be like, well, why did we trade him? And you know, if you talk to anybody around the Chicago fire, it was time for a change for Georgie, it was time for a change for the club. And the fire, you know, got their pound of flesh out of Montreal and and will get a 10% sell-on fee or whatever he's going to go to AZ Alkmaar for, which were reportedly from Tom Bogart is around six million. That's six hundred thousand dollars in GAM, mm. which is nothing to sneak. I mean, that can really help you, um, you know, sort of get rid of some of the money that maybe uh, the fire owe to Philadelphia for the Casper Shibilko deal and then be able to open opportunities up for next year. So, um, you know, that's that's a, a gift that continues to keep on giving. But this Montreal team, for whatever reason, is in second place and and yeah. and could have two home games in in the playoffs, which I don't think anybody would have predicted at the beginning of the season. But they're a quality side, but I do think that the Fire, you know, when you look up and down the roster, are more than competitive and should be able to get something out of this game.
1: I think when, when we look at the season as a whole, and you mentioned the ten match um, winless streak, which, which in which the Fire took three points out of thirty, and that that has defined the season. That has defined the task that that they face in order to make the playoffs and the playoffs are the top seven in the eastern conference currently having got above the line recently with a brilliant run of form now all of a sudden it's crunch time for these other teams as well and it's so tight it's such a log jam. it's really exciting to to watch this this whole thing play out but now we've slipped five points below the playoff line and that is a problem so in in a in in a good sense it, it narrows the vision and and simplifies the task. Two points per game, 16 points required to, to get up to 46 points, which is what Montreal are on at the moment in second place. And I think sometimes when you lay it down to a football team, it's now or never. We can't afford to lose this game. We can't afford to drop points in this game. We need to get something from it. I think the simplification of the task in hand is going to, is going to enhance the Fire's performance on Saturday. And going back to Soldier Field, by the way, I thought the, the atmosphere was fantastic at SeatGeek Stadium. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the crowd brought the noise. They re- and, and even at 2-0 down late on, the drums were beating. The, the, you know, the chance of Fire, Fire was still there. So fair play to the fans for creating that atmosphere down at Seat Geek Stadium. I enjoyed the experience. But we get back to Soldier Field on Saturday night, and it's 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 just enormous. I mean, the, I'm not saying that if if the fire lose against Montreal, it's over. Of course, it's not. You go to the next game, but three points against Montreal on Saturday night would be absolutely massive. And if we can get lots of people through the turnstiles, sell lots of tickets, really get behind the lads, and really create that sort of atmosphere that turns Soldier Field into into the fortress that it's become. You know, it's already mm-hmm. become this 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 great venue recently for for the fire to to collect points. Then I think Saturday night could be something quite special.
0: Yeah, and this Montreal team are unbeaten in their last seven. There's five wins littered throughout those seven games as well, and they're coming off of a 4-0 drubbing of the New England Revolution, who are you know fighting for their playoff lives. And and this Montreal team, you know, they they simply have as of late been beating teams that that they need to beat. Um, And, you know, when you're thinking about Toronto, when you're thinking about Houston, um, you know, they had a 2-1 win over D.C. Um, They beat Toronto again. Like, they simply take care of the teams that they know that they need to take care of. And I think that maybe the fire can catch them in in maybe a trap game for Montreal because, you know, I, this league is built on parity, and rosters, you know, have all these mechanisms of TAM and GAM and WHAM, and um, to be able to level everything out. And and I think that Montreal are set to be leveled out at some point, and hopefully the fire can do that. And not for nothing, you know, driving through SeatGeek with you and Tony while we were coming into the game two and a half hours before kickoff, parking lot was already full. Oh yeah, like. People want tail, to get the there. Early. Was I was, off. I was about, I was about to drop you guys off at the entrance to the gate and be like, "Screw you guys! I want to go drink and hang out with the fans because the the tailgate looked <laughs> awesome." <laughs> um, and 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 I know that there were a lot of you know that. Majority of, of people on social media were talking about um, how the atmosphere was great. And you know, SeatGeek, you know, the, the sentiment from from all fire fans and even employees is if we could just pick up SeatGeek and drop it somewhere in the city, I feel like that would be that would be the best <laughs> yeah. thing. That would be the best thing for everyone. Um, but but get but get there early. First of all, because there's a lot of other people that are there early. You're going to avoid the traffic and it's a great time. There's people kicking the ball around in the parking lot, you know, drinks are being had, barbecues are going on. It is a really, really cool atmosphere. Um, you know, at SeatGeek before a game. So for the next two games, which are September 10th and of course decision day, um, get to SeatGeek early, get to Bridgeview early. I know it's difficult to get out there, but make a day out of it. And I think they really going good to experience be rewarded with an excellent atmosphere and a great experience. Um, yeah. and 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 so all I can say is is you know, kudos to all the fans who are able to make their way out there. Um, you know, obviously the boys want to try to give you a better performance next time around on September 10th against Center Miami, but um, you know, heading into this Montreal game, you just cannot say enough about how important it is and how important the atmosphere is going to be brought from you all um, at Soldier Field on Saturday. Um, but otherwise... I like, uh, a game. I like a situation like this, Tyler. I like
1: a situation like this. Because I mean, as a, want... as a commentator,
0: as it's a commentator, it's a dream come true. I mean, well, you're just... Because yeah. you
1: call it as a cup final. It, absolutely. And it, it has that feel. And, and I can't, you know, emphasize enough how important these three points are because it, it's not over if, if you don't get them. But my goodness, three points will enhance your chances of keeping it going and keeping the, the playoff surge alive and the dreams alive. And you never know what will happen if you can just get above the line. You never know in this league what will happen in the postseason. If you if you get lucky, if you get on a roll, if the other team has injury, whatever, you can advance, and then all of a sudden you get momentum. And who knows what will happen. I'm not saying the Chicago Fire are the best team in Major League Soccer right now. I think you you are you 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 finish where you deserve to finish. I mm -hmm. think we are much better than where we are currently. And I'd like to see us get into that playoff picture and see and test ourselves against the best in the league in a do or die situation. But this these are moments in seasons. I'm talking about Montreal on Saturday. These are moments in seasons where you do or you don't and the the moment has to be seized and it's an it's an event on Saturday. And I'm excited by the by the prospect of what we're going to see. And if if the fire and there's no doubt that Ezra and the lads will notice and grasp the importance of there's this. going to be a response. There has to be. I mean, there it's only human nature, <clears throat> it's only
0: human nature. And there's two proof of concepts for this the first one being the fire against NYCFC at Seeky at last year. They come yeah. into Bridgeview, <clears> and the fire are the better team for the entirety of the 90 minutes. And that's less than two months prior to nycfc winning mls cup any fire fan who left the bridgeview that night and was saying to themselves that you know something that nycfc team can make a run in mls cup playoffs bull <laughs> nobody was saying that <laughs> because it just they just didn't look that way and they didn't hit their stride until a couple of weeks later and then the other one being real salt lake a much more i think comprehensive uh comparison to the fire right now in terms of Real Salt Lake coming to Soldier Field, you know, and and the Fire were basically already out of the playoff picture at that point last year. Real Salt Lake comes to town and the Fire batter them for ninety minutes, and Real Salt Lake somehow manage their way into the playoffs and get all the way to a Western Conference Final. So, like, this is this is literally what the league is all about and the purpose of of having yeah. all these mechanisms keeping the parity alive, making sure that every team is sort of like hovering around the playoff line. And then once you get to the playoffs, who on earth knows? But it starts with a win against Montreal on Saturday, and then the game again is on Saturday. There was a time change or there was a day change. If you were thinking that the game is still on Sunday, please go check online, chicagofirefc.com slash tickets. The game is on Saturday. I repeat, the game is on Saturday. I mean, even myself, I was like prepping my week and I'm like, okay, game on Sunday. And then I had to remind myself that it was on Saturday. (laughs) Well, so I just just want to make sure.
1: I don't, are we playing this weekend? I don't know. (laughs) It's the first time that Emmett um, is flying solo as our producer today Uh, in the absence, obviously, of... Of Adub who's gone on to to bigger and better things. <clears throat> I mean have you got the Have you found the bleep button yet? Have you found the Intercontinental Football Show bleep button? Because you you, you now need it. You're going to need to yeah. I, I'm giving <laughs> you more work.
2: Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Is this uh is this an exploit? Expletive uh, free zone over here on in the intercontinental, <laughs> intercontinental football show.
0: And I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the bleep. I think it adds more dramatic effect. Like whenever, like remember, remember watching The Office. Anytime there was an f bomb dro- f bomb dropped in the office with the bleep from Michael Scott or or from Jim or something like that, it always felt more because it was it was <laughs> yeah. it was bleeped out, right? And uh, you were making but, a
1: great point, and you emphasized it very very well, and it made it got me fired up. <laughs> you don't expect uh, it out of
2: clean cut Tyler terrens You think it's no, gonna don't be, be nice, clean clone. cut, and then bam. Oh, clean quickly... cut Tyler
1: terrens Well, you know, like my goodness.
0: I think I'm, I think most fire fans know the clean cut Tyler terrens is sort of a <laughs> sort of an oxymoron. Um and anybody who saw that video of me with my backwards hat and Jacob the Grand jersey on when we went out. To go throw out the first pitch, or when you wanted to go throw out the first pitch at Wrigley Field. Um, By the way,
1: I watched the guy doing the first pitch yesterday. um, And and bearing in mind that you know I've done it twice, and the first one didn't bounce, the second one did, just in front of the Cubs mascot. Um, This guy came out, young fella, and he was hamming it up. He was overplaying his role. He was g'ing up the crowd. He was he did the big sort of wind up for the pitch. And it was the most pathetic attempt at a baseball pitch I've ever seen. It bounced three times before before reaching the catcher. And the crowd booed him roundly because he'd given it the big up. He'd given it the massive sort of, you know, and I'm thinking he's going to throw some heat here. This guy can play ball. <laughs> and he was, it was pathetic. It was like a, a bird being shot out of the sky and just landing halfway to the, to the pitcher, to the catcher, and oh, the poor guy. But obviously, he was a content creator, so he's obviously creating content while he was while he yes. was on the mound. And it was it was a sorry sight. So I feel oh. slightly better about my effort now after that. I'm I'm gl- I'm glad that somebody else's
0: misery uh, helps you sleep at night, uh, Emmett. <laughs> Emmett, how does it feel uh, as the Philadelphia Union and as a supporter of the Union that you have officially reclaimed the capital of the United States, given the fact that you beat DC United thirteen nil over two games this year? Wow.
2: Yeah, you know, Tyler, the uh, Philadelphia Union, I think it's safe to say, are really only good at beating teams at the bottom of the table. You know, the the undesirable teams, you know, won't make the playoffs like D.C. Careful. United, New York Careful. City FC. No, the Chicago Fire did beat Philadelphia. I'm talking about teams that they clean sweep. The two teams they've clean sweep, New York City FC and D.C. United. Mm-hmm. So there's something there's some correlation there. I can't quite put my finger on it. So Jim
0: Curtin, uh greater than Wayne Rooney, I think is I think is what sort of you know we're gathering out of all of this. Although Wayne wasn't there for the 7 0 loss. That was right, that was right before Wayne got there. Um, but anyway, outside of that, you know, this was a this was a wild MLS weekend, goals everywhere. Nashville beating Dallas 4-0 after Dallas had beaten Philadelphia Union midweek and putting it an into their unbeaten streak sporting Kansas City as we talked about, 4-1 over Portland, LAFC mm-hmm. lose on the road in San Jose 2-1. Um Minnesota with a big the win. Sound- the Sounders and
1: the Galaxy was that was really interesting. that game was proper drunk, proper because, drunk. I mean the the Seattle Sounders and you know I have a history with that with that team. They came into the league in two thousand nine, and they've never missed the playoffs. It's been an extraordinary run. But as mm-hmm. it stands, they are a point outside of the playoffs with with how many games they've got. They've got eight games remaining. So there's, there's you know there's plenty of time to get into that, that, into that playoff spot. But the seventh place team are the LA Galaxy. And I used to, when I was the voice of the Sounders, we'd go down to what was then the Home Depot Center and, and they get drilled every time by by Bruce Arena's LA Galaxy. And they they were two, I think they were 2-0 down, were they? They got back to 3-2, or maybe maybe it was, it was goal for goal and and LA Pulled it round in stoppage time. It was a heartbreaker mm-hmm. for the Sounders. So, but three three. I mean, this league is throwing up just some ridiculous scorelines, and you never know going into any game what is going to happen. And I think it's it, at the moment. Yeah, the Premier League obviously is is throwing up some some pretty decent games at the start of the season. Some great storylines. But w- when it comes to absolute chaos, I don't think MLS is matched anywhere in the world. No. It's built on chaos. It's built for chaos.
0: (laughs) It should be, it should be called major league chaos because that's simple. Like, I feel like Don Garber sort of is like, you know, rubbing his hands together every time there's a game like Seattle and LA. He's like, this is what it should look like. every time. I wanted.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh boy. Emmett, you want to throw in any more uh, Philadelphia union banter at all? Or are you, are you done for the day?
2: No, you know, I'm trying to try and turn my life around, become more of a Chicago (laughs) fire fan, you know, this is a uh, this is a fire podcast after all, so you know I'm trying to yes. you know I I spent a year in Chicago trying to get back to the roots there and uh, bring a little bit more fire in my life.
0: Yeah, well the, you can you can remember nobody's asking you to denounce your Philadelphia Union uh, supportership. I mean it was fun with A Dub because you know him being from upstate New York not really attached to an MLS team and then living in D- the DC area. He, I mean I the don't know if anybody that
1: man had the DC United Loads DC it. United. Yeah, yeah, it was
0: really fun. It was a lot of fun. So if you want to choose a team to loathe on that level, Emmett, then we're we're all years. But you know that mm-hmm. was that was the the best thing that Emmett that uh, a Dub brought to the table.
2: It's hard
1: to loathe a team like DC. You, you pity them. You don't loathe them, right? <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> the um, Emmett, it's it's wonderful to have you on board. But I wish I do wish that a Dub had lasted one more show, just to be able to talk about mm. Leeds three Chelsea nil and the dominance of Aaronson, of, of Major League Soccer base. It was Major League Soccer 3, Chelsea nil, wasn't it? With oh. Jesse Marsh, with Jack Harrison. And the disarray that Chelsea are in at the moment is is quite... Uh, quite a story
0: oh and there was a great shot of jesse marsh when he was all bloodied up playing for the chicago fire back in the day like you know this this man owns thomas tuchel i think was like the the caption of of the shot or something like that but i mean it has to be incredible for fire fans to see jesse marsh you know um running around soldier field and and um and and bridgeview at one point in time and now on the in the technical area for a Premier League side and dismantling Chelsea. And Thomas Tuchel having the nerve in the press game conference to say, we were the better team on the day, but, you know, cheap goal. Thomas Tuchel, play Christian Pulisic, number one, and get a grip on reality, number two. Because, like, uh, just... I mean, I think I think I think he's I think he's more on the hot seat right now than than Hasenhoodle, who was favored to be sacked first at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. Um, you know, because Southampton are are the comeback kids right now, you know, having come from behind against Leeds yeah. week one and then, you know, coming from behind to win uh in week two. But this is a uh, th- this is danger zone for Chelsea because they just don't look like they have a play and they look awful. They look so bad.
1: Yeah, centre backs—they have an issue, and and it's just not working for them. And you know, I think Thomas Tuchel under a new regime, Todd Bowley does. Uh, Todd Bowley is taking a very hands-on approach towards Chelsea Football Club, and I'm not sure whether that is a good thing for them, um, because I think that people are who are better qualified should be making major footballing decisions. Um, it's not a play thing. It's not something where you can, it's not football manager, the game, you know, this is serious. This is serious business. And I'm sure he knows. And I'm sure he's employing people to to give him decent information, but you wonder if, if he feels that Thomas Tuchel is his guy. And subsequently, if he were to make a decision to, to fire Thomas Tuchel, does he have enough knowledge and know how to appoint a, a, a decent successor? So I think Chelsea, If things have calmed down in terms of the Abramovich sale and the abruptness of it, and they've got a new owner and he's willing to spend money, and that's all very good, but is there the depth of footballing knowledge in the absence of Maria uh, Granitskaya and uh, Petr Cech, who who were relieved of their duties, is there a depth of football knowledge um, going forward uh, to make the right decisions to get that team back in contention? I think the jury's out on that right now.
0: Jerry's out, but you know, he does have a coach waiting in the wing in Sean Dysh. So uh your coach is available <laughs> if you want him. Um I think Dice needs I think Dice needs a proper payroll and to be able to get, he needs the opportunity to coach a big six club to really see what he can do.
1: Yeah. Um, let's let's but, see how far K- Kula Valley can kick the ball. And that that would be interesting. Koulibaly, Koulibaly, Koulibaly
0: is still running circles rent-free in Koulibal's head. I mean, <laughs> that man was tortured by the Medford Messi. A, a kid from southern New Jersey just terrorizing Kulabali awesome, and making that, it? making that awesome. price tag look obscene. Yeah. Absolutely obscene. Anyway. Yeah. That's going to do it for episode number 76 of the Intercontinental Football Show, brought to you by Revolution Brewing for Arlo White and Emmett McConnell. Tyler Terrence saying so long for now. We will talk to you next week. Vamos Fire. Go get your tickets at chicagofirefc.com slash tickets for the game against Montreal. They're all 7 p.m. Saturday.
1: Point. Come on. That's right. In your we'll thousands. See
0: you. We'll see you on WGN and CF 97 Live if you're not at Soldier Field. But why wouldn't you be there? Have a great week, everyone.